It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. And uh, thank you for listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And also for anyone listening on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, we welcome you to the show. We also welcome those listeners who might be listening on their favorite podcast platform as well. Always a pleasure to have you join us each and every day right here on Moment of Truth. And it is a pleasure to welcome back to the show today someone that we had on, geez, got to be close to almost a year now, I think. (laughs) Crystal Shawanda is here on the show, and it's a pleasure to have her back. Because last time we spoke, uh, Crystal, your album, I think, had just dropped, Church House Blues. It had just dropped. So it was kind of exciting to have you on talking about that. And now, of course, you've been nominated in two categories for the Junos. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I always say just to be included and recognized is always an honor. And I already, uh, regardless of what happens, I'm just I'm just psyched. That's great. Nice to hear. Uh, just so people know, you have been nominated, as I say, in two categories. One is the Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year, and the other one is Blues Album of the Year. And yeah. that's very cool. So when you heard about the fact that you were nominated in these two categories, um, the fact that, uh, first of all, this is this is a blues, I know that, that it's, it's something that's been near and dear to you, but you've moved away from more of the country into the blues. So how did that feel when you heard about it? Oh, it was like, it was like uh, running through a finish line, you know, (laughs) running through that ribbon when you're in a race. That's what it felt like. Um, Because, you know, we've been working really, really hard for this. We we really had to earn this one. (laughs) You know, when I made my switch from country to blues, um, you know, I met a little resistance and a little rejection because, you know, people in the blues world felt like, well, you don't know anything about the blues. You're you're a country music singer. And then some of my country music fans were like, well, we're not going to listen to you anymore now that you're singing the blues. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just a person like everybody else. I'm trying to figure out where I fit in, where I belong. And and I'm, I'm just following my heart and, and following my heart led me to the blues. And it just, you know, when I'm singing the blues, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. I feel like it was like letting a bird out of a cage. So... Um, you know, getting this nomination, like I said, it, uh, you know, being nominated in this category with all the people that I'm nominated alongside, it's a it's a big honor, you know, and um, regardless of what the outcome is, whoever wins, I already feel like a winner just because I feel like I'm finally, uh, you know, I'm finally accepted <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> That's great. Now, going back to what you were just saying about the, the resistance and some of that pushback that you got from some people, you know, on the blue side and on the countryside. It, it, it it's just something that an artist has to deal with right when you because you're always evolving you're always changing yeah yeah exactly everybody's always changing always evolving and you know like you said sometimes people don't like that you know sometimes people feel comfortable when things stay the same um you know but for me i'm i'm a true artist you know i've never been one to follow um you know uh trying to you know follow that number one spot i'm i'm a true artist i'm expressing my my heart and my soul i'm expressing my views and i love to do music with a meaning music with a message um you know so that was a part of me going to the blues and and you know and i grew up on both country and blues i was exposed to all kinds of music you know i'm i'm a music fan so like i love country i love blues i love 
rock music. You know, I, I even love musicals. I'm, you know, people are like, what kind of people like musicals? I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love classical music. I've, I've had training from all different genres, um, you know, but it's, it's for me, like I said, I'm just following my heart and this is, this is what feels right to me. This is what feels, this is where I'm happiest. So it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> and I guess, you know, you're sharing this uh, not only with your yourself, but your husband, he played a huge role in this, in this uh, album, right? Yes, actually, well, he played all the guitars on it and he produced the album. And this is the first time um, that he solely produced the album by himself. Um, usually we co-produce the album, our al past albums together. And uh, but, you know, with my little girl at my side, it's a little tougher for me. You know, usually I have, you know, a lot of people in the studio always say I have dog ears because I hear everything that nobody else hears. Like everybody will be like, that sounds great. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. There's a note there or something's wrong there. You know, I always catch that stuff. <laughs> but ever since I had my little girl, I'm not really catching that stuff anymore. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm too busy keeping an eye on her and making sure that she's happy and that she's, you know, um, fulfilled. And so, um, so I decided to, you know, I made that decision. I'm going to step away from the producer's chair so I can keep being a great mom and keep being a great artist. And it actually, and I love the way it turned out. It was great having, you know, just putting all my trust in him. He's taught me everything I know about producing anyway. So it was, a, it was an easy decision. And um, I think he was so excited about it that he totally stepped up, up to the plate and he was such a perfectionist through it all. And um, and so he's producing the new album that we're working on again. So I'm really excited about that. You know, when you were saying that uh, you, you listen to both kinds of music, you were referring to the blues and country. It reminded me that old uh, that old um, comment I remember hearing. I think it was a blooper somewhere. And, and somebody said, uh, what kind of music do you like? And they said, oh, I like both kinds, country and Western. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, is like a lot of people don't realize, like, when I say, you know, when people say like, oh, you're a country music singer, a lot of people don't realize I was raised on like old country music, like Hank Williams was the staple in our house. And, you know, Hank Williams was a country blues man, you know, everything that he knew, he learned from bluesmen in his town, you know, mm. where he grew up. Um, he was, you know, he would sh shine shoes for money, and then he would take that money and he would go and take it to these local bluesmen who were playing on the streets and he would pay them to teach him how to play guitar. And, you know, and that's why he had songs like Lovesick Blues, Long Gone Lonesome Blues, and even um, the song uh, uh, My Bucket's Got a Hole in It. That was actually originally a blues song from a blues singer that he covered. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize these things, but like that's, you know, I, I love the history of music. So I know the history of country and blues. And so, um, you know, it's country is an extension of blues, you know? Yeah, I think any good music is good music, right? Exactly. It's a listen to. I listen to good music. <laughs> it doesn't matter what genre is, it is as long as it's good. Now you mentioned musicals, and um, there are some fabulous musicals out there. With especially now, musicals have really taken on a whole new sort of uh, approach in the way they present themselves. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. A perfect example of that is La La Land. Like, oh my God, what a beautiful film. The, oh, the cinematography in that movie and the music. Uh, you know, I've heard some people make fun of the movie. Like, how can anybody watch a bunch of people singing and dancing around? But for me, when I watch a musical like that, I think about everything. I think about the choreographer, the writers, the people who are making the sets. Like, 
the costume people like it's it's amazing like it takes this incredible team to put together a production like that and and i respect that because it's the same thing with recording an album you know like when we recorded church house blues it's you know it's all the people behind the scenes the musicians the engineers so much goes into it a lot of heart and soul so any piece of art i always respect all the working parts of it that makes the you know the finished result Mm. Is that something you could maybe see yourself doing in the future? Musicals? <laughs> I, I, you know, if the opportunity came, I would totally do it. Uh, I used to do them like back in the day in high school. I did some musicals and I loved it. It was so much fun watching, you know, everybody put these pieces together. And then the when you have the final run and the show is running and you're on stage with all these people and you're looking at each other like, wow, this is happening. We're doing it, you know, and that's an exciting thing. And then on the last night, when you have your closing night, you know, it's, you can't help but almost break into tears as you're making eye contact with your fellow actors and actresses. It's just like, Oh, it's over because you work so hard and put so much into it. So yeah, anything's possible for me. I'm always looking for a new adventure. Uh, well, speaking of that sort of thing, you know, the um, the Junos have been moved. Of course, they were going to be on May 16th, but now they've been moved to uh, June 6th, right? Because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, that we should let people know that, of course, for sure. Now, they're going to be broadcast nationwide, and that's going to be on CBC TV, CBC Gem, uh, CBC Radio, and one, as well as uh, CBC Music, and on cbcmusic.ca slash Junos as well. So um, you have any idea at this point uh, where you might be or what might be transpiring throughout this whole event? Um, well, um, you know, at first we were saying that, um, well, we're still talking. There's discussions going on right now. They're talking to us about um, possibly doing something. So um, there's been talks about me actually going up there or doing setting up a virtual show from Nashville um, mm. uh, for, you know, not for the main, main, main right. show, but for, right. the, for the gala yeah. gala show, because that's when they um, announced the um for the indigenous and the blues category that's when those are announced um so we're we'll see we're still in discussion so but i'm I'm just excited that um i'm included in any discussions <laughs> about that that's that's great you know something you said earlier when you're talking about hank um you said staple his the staple and it reminded me of something you referred to in uh in one of the videos you've made around your your uh, church house blues album because you made some videos which is cool people can go there online and, and check out and, and sort of get the backstory behind some of the songs and things which is which is really cool and i want to make sure and mention that so people can go to your uh, to your website and check that out and check out the videos for your songs but i wanted to mention uh, yes, it made me think of Mavis Staple because you refer to Mavis and the importance that 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 she had in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, like you said, I did these little promo videos, you know, because we were, you know, because of the pandemic, I knew we weren't going to tour and I couldn't get together with the team at True North Records to do these promo videos. So I had to get creative on my own. You know, we were um, camped at the time we were camped out at my parents' house on the reserve in Weequemcong, where I'm from. And so, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, share uh, my honest uh, story of how I came to the blues. And a, and a big part of that was, you know, in high school, um, I went to a really awesome high school in Sault Ste. Marie, Cora Collegiate. And my teacher, Peter White, he used to show us these videos called The History of Rock and Roll. 
and it goes through like all the way back to like the 50s and whatever and but even in those videos sometimes they would reach back further because these artists would talk about their influences and how they got to where they are and so one of the singers that I became exposed to was Mavis Staples well it was the Staples singers mm -hmm. and so I just I fell in love with her and her passion and you know, when she sings, you can you can feel that in that moment when she's singing, she is connecting to her creator. And it's it's so divine. It's just and I remember watching her sing and thinking, I want to know what that feels like. I want to feel that, too. And so that was a big part of it. And then I remember, um, you know, then I kind of, you know, you know, you get distracted by all different kinds of music and just living and whatever. And then I ended up being reminded of her when I watched, um, you know, the last waltz, the last performance by the band mm. and the staple singers were singing with them. And again, it was in that performance singing amazing. It all sounded amazing. Then when she goes to hit that line and she just like, it just like comes out of her. And I was just like, Oh my God. Yes. I want to feel that. And I want to feel that every single time I sing, whether it's in the studio or on, or on stage, I want to feel that every single time. And, and that's what it's been for me ever since is, you know, when I'm on stage, that's when I feel closest to my creator. That's, that's my church right there. That's my church house is music. And so, um, you know, all these blues singers like Mavis Staples and Big Mama Thornton, Etta James, uh, you know, that that's what they taught me. They gave me a really big education. You know, they're singing and then they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because you've been referred to as uh, as reminding people of those great singers. You mentioned Etta James, you know, how, how does that make you feel when, when you get referred to in that same category? Oh, it's, it's mind blowing. You know, I, you know, I'm, I, I still feel like I'm, I'm still working on myself. I still feel like my voice is still growing. It's still evolving. I don't think I've reached my pinnacle yet. My, my point where I can't do any better or do more. Um, you know, my range has grown. My, my power and precision has grown. And it's because of these teachers, because of the singers that I choose to listen to. And, and it's not just their vocal abilities, but it's their passion, you know, and the mm. heart they put into everything. And I think the thing that I've connected to the most is I've ever since I was a kid, I've always say, said I could, I could hear their broken hearts coming through their singing, you know, and, and that's what singing has always been for me. It's a release. It's an outlet, you know, it's songwriting and singing. It's like cheap therapy. That's how I, I get through everything. And that's why sometimes, you know, in shows, sometimes it'll surprise me. Like if I'm dealing with something personally that I haven't told about to anybody and I'm singing a certain song on stage and all of a sudden I get choked up. Well, that's my personal stuff <laughs> making its way out on the stage. You know, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I've always been very like uh, an open book. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Definitely. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. My guest here on Moment of Truth is the Juno nominated in two categories, Crystal Shawanda. I'm your host, David Moses. Uh, when you referred to that, that, that comment about you want to feel that, how do you feel that you're, you're there? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think I'm, I feel like I'm there because I've stopped worrying about so much about what people think of me. Um, and in every sense, like I, I don't care anymore. Like, 
you know, I, something I always say is I, I'm not a pretty, like I'm an ugly singer. And by that, I mean, when <laughs> I'm really tearing into a song, I make the most awkward and ugly faces because that's what I got to do to get, hit those notes. And, you know, and there's some people who, you know, some singers, um, you know, they're, they're more commercial. So, you know, it's all about having every hair in place and perfect makeup. And when they step off stage, they look like they just finished a makeup tutorial. Well, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> when I'm done a show, I'm going to look like a drowned rat. My hair is going to be covered, like soaking sweat and sweat. My makeup is going to be running down my face. And, um, but you know what though, I, regardless of that, because of that, because I'm willing to go there, I know that people in the audience are leaving feeling what I felt on stage because that's what it's all about, you know? And I feel like I'm in that place because um, the feeling I feel when I step off stage, when I step off stage, I, I can't even explain it. I feel like I'm floating. I feel like, and when I'm on stage, I don't even feel like I'm touching the stage. My gr on the, I don't even feel the ground. And, you know, sometimes people say, how can you dance and stomp and jump around in those high heels? Well, because I'm not jumping and stomping around. I'm flying around that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I feel like I'm in that place. You know, um, I've let go. I've let go of uh, pressures of appearance and pressures of singing the right songs and um, saying the right things. And, and now I just, I'm just myself now. And, um, and I'm finding the people who get that, you know, my fans who come to my shows and who continue to come to my shows throughout all the changes. Um, those people get me and they get it. And, um, and that's why I feel like I'm in finally in that place. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Crystal church house blues, the, the, the title track of the, the album, you just talked about that a little bit in that, uh, you know, Church House Blues, that's your, that's your church. That's your place, right? Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about the story, though, of, of the song, because it, it ties into your reserve to some degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the story, like for me on Church House Blues, the song, the song, it talks about, you know, playing at a roadhouse on like a Saturday night and then going to church on a Sunday morning. And, and rather than focusing on the differences, it talks about the similarities. You know, like we're all more the same than we are different. And sometimes people spend so much time judging each other. And growing up, you know, because of my upbringing, I feel like I was exposed to two different worlds, musically and socially. Um, you know, uh, I grew up in, you know, um, in, on a, in my community of Weequimcoing and my family, and I was surrounded by people who were still dealing with the aftermath of the residential school era. And, you know, the trauma that people experienced in residential schools, it's still lasting today, you know, because all of that trauma, it basically trickled down like a waterfall. And they call that intergenerational trauma. And um, so, you know, I grew up seeing a lot of different things like addiction, alcoholism, abuse, uh, depression, and, um, you know, very uh, lifestyles that are, you know, um, risky. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, and these people were my family, they were my friends, they were people I looked up to. And I could see that just because, you know, in life, just because somebody is struggling with addiction or alcoholism or whatever it is, that they're good people. And that something bad happened to them. And that made me more understanding of people in general and to not be so judgmental. 
And, and even when it comes to your faith, you know, I grew up with some people who go to church and some people who go to ceremony. Um, and, you know, and I think, I think that we should always just be grateful when the people around us have found something to get them through life. Cause life is hard, you know, and you got to find that thing that's going to keep you coming back for more. And, you know, so my parents, they would take me to sing, um, you know, at local bars and grills and taverns. And, you know, and I would, we would go in and we, our disguise was we were going to go in and eat. And then while we were eating, I would go and ask the band, can I get up and sing a song? And, <laughs> and, you know, and they'd always be like, oh, what are you going to sing? Puff the Magic Dragon, you know? And I'd be like, no, let's do some Johnny Cash, you know? And, and they'd always get a kick out of me. And so I started to become friends with a lot of different musicians and bands. And they were always excited to get me up and, you know, and people would come in for their afternoon. People would come in early to start drinking and have some beers. And so I was, you know, exposed to that. But I wasn't scared of it because I'd already seen that with people I grew up around. And then sometimes my mom would take me to church to sing. I would sing with the choir. And then I would also sing for the community, whether there was weddings or funerals. Um, I sang for a lot of funerals for a lot of people within my family. So I was exposed to a lot of um, death at an early age. And I think that all attributes to the person I am and the musician, the artist that I am. And so I feel like this song really um, translates that, mm. you know, that uh, whatever works for you, whatever is your church house, whether that's church, ceremony or music, <laughs> You got to find that thing that gets you through this crazy thing called life. <laughs> I went down to the church house to get my Sunday morning right. I went down to the church house to get my Sunday morning right. Listen 
sharing that. Now, while you were speaking, I couldn't help but think of that video you made about the the song itself, because it shows you uh, images of your community. It refers to, uh, you know, that exact thing. And and it reminded me, because I forgot about on Wiki how you had uh, uh, of what's left of the old residential school right beside the church, right? And you, you take us there. Yes, yes, the ruins are right there. And so, you know, I feel like it was all meant to be, you know, like we kind of got stuck on my reserve at the beginning of the pandemic, but I feel like it was meant to be because I don't think I would have had the idea to really include those personal, uh, like that footage of the ruins and the churches within our community. And, um, and you know, and and because there is a lot of people that find refuge um, still in those churches. And I feel like sometimes within um, you know, our Indigenous community, sometimes people try to shame people because they are continuing to go to church, you know, even though um, what happened through residential schools. Um, but I don't think that's good to do that, because if somebody is struggling and they're finding their strength there, then just let them, you know, Dude, if you want to go to ceremony, go to ceremony. And for me, I'm not promoting either. I'm saying do what works for you. And, um, you know, my mom, she, you know, she reads a Bible, but she also smudges, Mm. you know, and I come from a very spiritual family. Um, My brother is a healer. And um, so that's what we follow. But like I said, do what works for you and whatever is going to get you through the struggle in your life, then do that. Thank you once again for sharing that. Bigger Than the Blues is another song that I've got lined up here to to talk about and to, to share. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, so uh, Bigger Than the Blues is a song that I wrote with Dwayne Strobel, my husband. And um, this song was inspired by some really honest conversations about mental health and depression and suicide. And um, we got to talking about this stuff after hearing about the passing of Kelly Frazier, who's a very talented Unuk pop artist who took her life, unfortunately, last Christmas. And... um, it really triggered a lot of memories for both me and Dwayne of different loved ones of ours who had also, um, you know, who had also passed away in that way. And it, we really got to talking about it and how, you know, you sometimes you never know when somebody is struggling. So, you know, people always say, reach out to somebody who's struggling. But that's the thing is sometimes you don't always know. Sometimes people hide it really well behind a big, beautiful smile. And um, and then unfortunately, sometimes we find out too late. And so we wanted to write this song in the hopes that when somebody is struggling and they hear this song, that this song will they'll hear it when they need to. And then it'll help them get through their struggles and it'll help them hang on and be ready to come back for more. And so that was the, you know, basically the song is a hope and a prayer. All right, time for a break here on Moment of Truth, but stick around because we've got another half hour of Crystal Shawanda right here on Moment of Truth after the break. And also, when we come back after the break, we're going to be spinning that song we were just talking about 
bigger than the blues. Stay tuned. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right, welcome back to Moment of Truth and another half hour with Crystal Shawanda here on the show. And as promised, just before the break, we're going to be spinning the song we were just talking about with Crystal off her new album, Church House Blues, which is Juno nominated in two categories. This is Bigger Than the Blues. When you spend too much time in your troubled mind there's no peace you'll find Just the blues And you work so hard Just to find a smile But it's been a while That's the truth When you're strong like a river And tall Bigger than the blues In your heart you believe it In your soul you can feel it And you're bigger than, bigger than, bigger than, bigger than the blues
know, I noticed also in, in the video, uh, in the backstory of the video, uh, behind you, there is uh, going back to some of the some of the great female singers. And uh, you, you had a, an album of Tina Turner sitting there in the background. And uh, I, I thought, yeah, for sure. Uh, I can really see why you're drawn towards uh, Tina, uh, because you've got that same, you know, that same um, energy and that same uh, power that that Tina uh, pulls from, and and it makes her so great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she was she was a big influence of mine, a huge inspiration. I I remember seeing her HBO special when I was just a kid and watching her sing and dance and her power, and then. I remember I went to a yard sale that summer and bought my first pair of high heels. I was like 10 years old. And that was, I was like, I'm going to be Tina Turner, you know? And then, uh, and then she became an inspiration personally in other ways, you know? Um, And when I was a young girl, one of my very first relationships um, was a very toxic relationship. Um, I wouldn't say that I was abused. I would say we were abusing each other Mm. and it was, um, you know, we both, we're carrying a lot of uh, baggage and trauma and, and, and it came out in the wrong, we'd handled it the wrong way. And so when I seen her movie and then I read her book and her life story, it really inspired me to um, step out of that place and find my strength and my power. And, um, and her and music helped me do that. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I would be today, to be honest. Wow, interesting. And I was going to say, yeah, she's had her own her own story and her own uh, uh, troubles in her life, for sure. Yes, absolutely. So seeing her come through that and, you know, one of the, um, you know, one of the metaphors she they talk about is uh, like through her uh, Buddhism, what they talk about is the lotus, how it comes up. Mm. It's a beautiful flower that grows out of the mud. And so that always inspired me that, you know, because when you're in a place where, um you're in an abusive situation, um, you know, physically and mentally. Uh, sometimes it can make you feel shame, uh, even though you shouldn't feel shame. But sometimes it makes you feel that way and it takes away your self-esteem and your confidence. And, um, and so hearing that metaphor about the lotus coming up, fl- this beautiful flower growing up out of the mud, really inspired me to grow out of the mud and not l- let shame hang around me anymore because sometimes life just happens you know people are struggling and when people take it out on each other that doesn't make them bad people it just means they haven't they haven't found their source of healing yet and so um, that's what music was for me uh, nice thank you yeah um, you know as I mentioned off the top of the show uh, crystal it's been close to a year since we last spoke and your your album had just uh, dropped and so what has happened around the album since we we last spoke well it's been really exciting we were very lucky and very blessed uh, the album stayed on the charts for on the RMR blues charts for like over 36 weeks wow. and it, it actually stayed in the top 10 for over 12 weeks and so we were just so excited because <laughs> we didn't know what was going to happen you know like um we were just releasing the album when the pandemic was declared we talked about should we just stop everything and you know thankfully um jeff kulik at true north records was like no we're doing this the music's ready to go the wheels are in motion and i believe in this and so thankfully they pushed it out there and uh jeff put together an amazing team and um you know and we had great success in america and 
in so many countries all over the world. Like it's, it's kind of bizarre. Like I've, I have this huge following of from people over in Europe and, and I've never been there, you know, before. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, all these people like, and they're the way they talk about me and they're talking about people on like people who are uh, TV personalities are fans of mine. So uh, they've been over there in the Netherlands and in Sweden and England. And so it's, it's really exciting. You know, we're, we're just so thankful because, um, we didn't know what to expect. And uh, so all this support has just, you know, given us a lot of inspiration for the new album that we're working on right now. Ooh, a new album you're working on right now. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. We're working on a new album and it's almost done. We're, we're so close to being done. Um, and we're, I'm pretty sure it's going to get released this year. Okay, so cool. we're, we're really trying hard to hurry up and finish it. <laughs> but um, we wrote, uh, me and D-Wayne wrote all the songs on this album. Uh, there is one cover on this album. And um, it's, it's, you know, I'm kind of following what I did on the last album. I, I covered a song by a very iconic Canadian band, The Tragically Hip. So on this new album, I'm covering a song from a very iconic Canadian artist. And this artist is not blues at all. So when when people hear who the artist is, they're going to be really surprised. And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> so, um, you know, because you don't think of blues when you hear this artist's name. So I'm not going to say who it is because it's okay. going to be a surprise. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I guess it was kind of the same when you did the Tragically Hip tune. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody was like, why are you doing a rock song when you're already struggling to get accepted into the blues world? And I'm like, well, that's just how I roll. <laughs> and I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's the other song I wanted to talk about and the video for that song, because it's such a lot of fun. And it's so great that you, uh, you know, you filmed that in Nashville. And you got these great characters to come forward and join you <laughs> and star in the in the video with you. So I'm, I'm hoping you can tell us about that. But such a great version uh, of, you know, uh, New Orleans is sinking. Wow. It, great, great version. And congratulations to you guys on that. Thank you so much. We, I haven't heard one bad review on it. I was so sure that, you know, uh, some hardcore Tragically Hit fans were going to uh, be mad about changing the song up, but everybody has loved it. So we're thankful about that, you know, because I've been a big fan of them my whole life, you know, and I've always and I've often said that the Tragically Hip is the soundtrack to my misspent youth. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, so and and I remember when I was a kid you know, uh, hanging out with friends and partying or whatever. And every time this song that uh, New Orleans is sinking would come on, I would always think, oh, it would be so cool to do this song and like make it like real bluesy and add a little more swagger to it. And um, and I've always thought about it over the years. And so when we we're working on Church House Blues, I brought the idea to my husband and he loved, I played the song for him and he loved the idea. He's like, I totally get what you're <laughs> saying. He's like, let's do it. And so we did it. We went in the studio with just me, D Wayne, our drummer, Lewis Winfield, and our bass player, Dave Rowe, and a harp player named Stephen Hanner. And we went in, and I didn't even show them the original version. We actually just played it for them. Like D Wayne played the guitar, and I sang it for them. We played it for them like twice. And then that was it. And then we went in the studio and recorded it. And I said, it's just all about a feeling. Let's just, you'll, let's just follow that vibe and that's what everybody did and we actually did it in one take and after that one take the bass player Dave was like yeah we're not recording another take because that's the take you're gonna use I'm like totally 
So, um, so thankfully that worked out really great. And then we recorded the video in Nashville. We filmed the video in Nashville. And at that time, the numbers in Nashville were uh, for COVID were like over 10,000. Wow. And there was no way we were going to get together with a crew. And so I said to Dwayne, let's just do it ourselves, you know, because I've been kind of um, toying around with videos. Like um, I actually uh, filmed a, a cup and edited a couple of videos for some artists that I've been mentoring and producing. So I said, those videos turned out pretty good. Let's just do it ourselves. We'll take our iPhones, we'll film some stuff, and we'll see what we come up with. And we asked our buddy Gil Gann, who is an awesome blues musician here in Nashville, who's a good friend of ours. And we actually met him at Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar, which is a place that we like to play at here in Nashville. It's, it's a place I like to go and play to keep my chops up when I'm not on the road. And, and that's my social time. Like I like to go there, jam out for four hours and watch people get drunk and dance. And <laughs> I laugh all night and have a great time with my friends on stage. And, you know, and, and, and you know, and I, and I can remember the night cause I'm not the one partying, <laughs> and, uh, but that's where we met Gil. And so he'll get up and jam with us and sing a song with us now and then. And, um, and so we asked him to star in the video. We were like, we want you to star. And he's like, what do you want me to do? We're like, we want you to be Gil Gann. That's it. Because <laughs> he, he's so cool. Like, yeah. he always looks like a pimp. He'll come out and his outfit is always slamming, his yeah. accessories. You know, he has this whole New Orleans vibe and he's just the coolest guy I've ever known. And um, so we said, we're going to film it right on Printer's Alley, which is where Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie is at because it has a New Orleans vibe. And so we just started filming and he just got this brand new car. And he was all excited. He's like, I'm going to shine it up, wash and shine it up. And he had his door open and he had a 40 sitting on the floor of the backseat of the car. Like he was in full character for me. He was awesome. And then we just said, we'll just shoot. And we just want to dance and have a good time. And so that's what we did. And then while we were shooting, another guy showed up named Downtown Fred. And I actually don't know Fred's last name, but he's a legend in Nashville. Like, when we used to play for tips at Tootsie's like so many years ago, he used to come in there and he would do a little dance and point to the tip jug and try to encourage tourists to tip the band. And then, uh, you know, all these years later, we're playing at Bourbon Street Blues and Boogie Bar. I didn't even know if he was still around anymore. And we were playing and one night he came in and did his little dance and pointed to the tip jug. I'm like, oh, my God, downtown Fred is still kicking and dancing. That's great. <laughs> So he just happened to walk by while we were filming. And I was like, Fred, get over here. And he pulled out his harmonica and was pretending to play it. And, and him and uh, Gil were just dancing around. And it was just pure fun. Like the whole video was just us just goofing around, having a good time. And then we went home and I edited the footage. And I was like, I love it. We're, and I showed it to the label and they loved it. And they were like, post it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so we shot and I edited the film all myself. So it was the first full music video that I've done for myself. So it was kind of cool. And, and we saved some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, congratulations. And has Gil had a chance to see it? Oh, yeah, yeah. He loves it. He loved <laughs> it. Absolutely. He was so excited. Very proud. Yeah, well, you guys all should be. It's a great video. It's so much fun to watch. So congratulations once again. Uh, it really Thank is you. a it really is a great video. And and Gil does look great in that red suit, and he's just great. He's just fabulous. He does. 
so cool. He's the coolest guy ever. <laughs> and both those guys, you know, at the end when uh, when when uh, Fred is playing the harp and you know he's got his walker. I mean, it's great. It's all so wonderful. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. And you know, and that's Nashville. There's yeah. so many characters here, and I've been so blessed to know so many of them. You know, and and you know, and I just I don't just like see them and be like, hey, like we're actual friends. Like we hang out and we have a good time. And I've you know, like Fred, I've known him for twenty years. You know, so it's 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 really cool that I got to have him in the video. You're listening to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is a one-hour special with my guest, Crystal Shawanda, Juno-nominated in two categories. Well, we've been talking about her version of New Orleans's "Sinking" by the Tragically Hip. So let's give it a listen. Rubbing blues on the street Loose and complete On the skies all smoky blue-green I can't forsake A Dixie dance shake So we dance the sidewalk clean My memory is muddy What's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man And I don't want to swim Sinking man and I don't 
Yeah, now speaking of the video and the song, uh, The Tragically Hip, there's another connection that you mentioned there as well, and that's uh, that you've been working with the uh, Chani Wenjack Fund. Yes, absolutely. I've done some stuff with the Downey Wenjack Fund this past year. Um, so I did some virtual performances for them, um, for some of the virtual things that they've been doing as they've been trying to also stay engaged with people out there. So it, it's just really great, you know, for those people that uh, you that don't know, the Downey Wenjack Fund was uh, started by Gord Downey. And it was after he heard about the story of Charlie Wenjack, who, um, you know, was in residential school and tried to make his way home. He actually ran away and tried to go home and he ended up freezing to death in the journey. And so Gord was so moved by that. And that's when he really started to get involved with raising his voice and using his platform to help spread the word about Indigenous issues. So, I mean, you know, Gord was such an inspiration, not just musically, but also, you know, as a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that as well. One of the backstories you talk about is uh, is, is Willie Dixon and uh, blues are the roots and the rest are the fruits. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite quotes by Willie Dixon. Willie Dixon is an amazing songwriter. If you've ever watched the movie Cadillac Records, they kind of talk about, about him a little bit there. You know, he wrote a lot of the greatest blues songs out there. And um, and that was a quote of his, you know, blues is the roots and everything else is the fruits. And and by that, he meant that every genre of music that has come after blues has an influence of blues in it, whether people realize it or not. Um, you know, and that's and and that's what I felt like in the tragically hips New Orleans is sinking that those bluesy undertones were already there. We just exaggerated them. That's it. You know, there's, so that inspiration was already there. And and it's like I said earlier about Hank Williams, you know. Um, you know, people are like trying to say like country is so different from the blues, but really country was influenced by the blues. You know, if you ever listen to Patsy Cline's version of Lovesick Blues, mm. that girl was not just listening to country music <laughs> when she growls and she does those little those little trills and stuff like that girl was listening to some blues music on the sly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, something you mentioned there was that you're working with some other artists and producing other artists. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love working with other artists and we produce a lot of other artists and we mentor them, um, you know, in the past. And I, I all kinds of artists, you know, um, I've worked with um, Shantea, who is a wonderful country music artist from um, Saskatchewan. We produce some of her earlier stuff. And then I've also been working with Shannon Ray, who is also from Saskatchewan. Uh, we produced uh, an album on her and I did two music videos for her because somebody went to go do a video on her and they charged her really lots of money and well it just didn't turn out the way she was hoping and I was so upset for her that I said you know what I'm gonna shoot you a music video <laughs> so the next time she came to Nashville I shot a bunch of footage and I put it together and she was so happy she loved it so much um, and she's actually a school teacher who decided to you know follow her lifelong secret dream of being a songwriter and then uh, most recently we've been working with the north sound who is also from saskatchewan <laughs> um and they've done we actually just signed them to our label new sun music uh just last year at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> it was like people were like what are you doing are you crazy it's the beginning of the pandemic where are you trying to sign people and i'm like because they're amazing um i actually met uh, Forrest, who's the lead singer um, at a mentorship, uh, the market builder for Manitoba music that I took part in last year. That's where I met him. And he played some of his songs there. And I was just like, wow, this 
this guy, he's like one of the most prolific songwriters I've heard in a long time. Like he's an amazing storyteller and him and his wife, they're a family duo. Um, and we just, we love that because me and my husband, we're a team, we're a family. And we know what that's like when you're trying to build a career and, and, and a personal life together and you're trying to have it all. And sometimes people try to separate you and, and try to push you apart. And, uh, and here we've seen this beautiful family. We want to do everything we can to keep it working together because they're a great team. Um, his wife, Nevada, she's a, an amazing harmony singer. And so, um, yeah, they have great music. They just released their album, As the Stars Explode. And it was nominated for like uh, three Saskatchewan Country Music Awards and three Saskatchewan Music Awards. And they've had rave reviews from all across the board. Like they're being compared to like Crosby, Stills and Nash mm -hmm. and Young, you know, like wow. and like Jody Mitchell and like all these like really big heavy hitter names you know and so i'm we're so excited for them and uh and they're working on their new album right now and so we can't wait to get that out to everybody the north sound cool sounds great congratulations on all the stuff that you guys are are working on and i can't help but uh, again mention the success you've had and uh, the nominations for the junos this year again for uh church house blues to you your band uh, your your husband and your whole band of course because uh great job on the on the entire album thank you so much we really appreciate it you bet and we're going to be watching closely crystal uh and we'll be keeping an eye on what's going on we're looking forward to hearing the new material we're looking forward to june 6th when the uh, junos are going to be announced as i'm sure you will be as well and uh we look forward to having you back on the show again in the future thank you so much i appreciate all the continued support and i hope everybody takes care out there and and, uh, and, you know, be safe and uh, check out all my social medias, my YouTube channel, subscribe to it because I'm always posting vlogs and stuff like that and going live on my Facebook and come hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Crystal, thanks again for taking the time to join us on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, congratulations. Church House Blues nominated for two Junos, Indigenous Artists or Group of the Year and Blues Album of the Year for 2021. Jimmy Gwetch. And we look forward to having you back. Thank you. To me, Gwesh, David. Thank you. All right. You. you take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that is Crystal Shawanda, and she is up for two Juno category nominations, Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year and Blues Album of the Year for 2021. And that is our show for today right here on Moment of Truth and Element FM. It's always a pleasure to have you with us each and every day. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Moment of Truth. I went down to the church house to get my Sunday morning right. I caught him dancing in the house like the roadhouse we played last night. Ooh, that preacher, he was shaking like little Richard on
This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.